but I go around to as many of them as I can. I want to surround myself with people that I can look up to, that I can learn from. And just by osmosis, just by me being around those people, I think it, it brings you to a different level. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Alfonso. Hey, Right Club Nation. How are you guys doing? Alfonso, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Sarah. How about you? Very good. Very good. I'm really excited about this week's show Dean Curtis is our guest and he has a bunch of his own cottages and he also manages other people's cottages and vacation rentals. And it's very close to my heart because this is one of the only properties that Matt actually enjoys. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I know and it speaks to, yeah, right up your alley. And I know I had the pleasure you had a bunch of us friends out at the cottage and you're just finishing up the rentals and it's a beautiful college out in Lakefield, I believe, right? Yes, Lakefield. Yes, out in Lakefield and yeah, right on the lake. And it was just surreal. Like you wake up in the morning, the way the sun was hitting the light off the lake and beautiful, beautiful place. And to talk to people like Dean that are doing this as a business, right, that you're operating. And I know you're taking advantage of the time and going up there and enjoying it because like you said, Matt, he loves it. Your boyfriend loves it. And you guys go up there and enjoy it. But you're also running it as a business as well, too, in the off times. People are going up there wintertime, summertime, and enjoying it, right? So to have somebody in your corner like Dean, who has a few himself, and then he's obviously managing a bunch for a lot of other investors, he's got that experience of those things that work and those little tips and tricks from actually doing it and figuring it out. So we're really excited. He's going to be on our stage, I think, in this, the May event that's coming May, up, right? Yes, in May. Definitely check out the show notes to get more information about Dean, but he is going to be at our next event in May, which is going to be a great time. And maybe like, I don't know, Sarah, we always talked about it that we're pretty well, we're the same age in our mid thirties and having a cottage and, and managing it and doing that some, for some people and even people that we know is like unattainable. Yeah, absolutely. I never would have imagined that under 50, I would have been able to afford a cottage. But the real cool thing about it is I didn't actually need to pay for this cottage myself. I refinanced one of my burrs and used that money to buy the cottage with a down payment. And then I'm renting it so that it covers its cost and I can enjoy it in the meantime. So I definitely took all the long weekends in the spring, the summer and the fall. I keep those. And then what we do is we rent out the rest, but that is really cool. And I like your story a lot, Alfonso too, because you started with one cottage and now you have four. And the reason that you got to four is because you also had no time to enjoy your cottage. So then I'm like, cause you were saying that you had to buy a second one so you can also get a chance to spend some time there. So kudos to you. Yeah. We didn't have that foresight of booking off the long weekends. Cause we we're like, let's just rent it out and see what's going to get out there. And I'll be honest with you. I was a little nervous and scared and, and nervous about it. And, and Adam, my business partner is the one that pushed me to do it. And yeah, I'm so happy that we did. And in the summertime, it's, it's awesome up in Port Stanley. And we're lucky as well too, is that we do rent it in the off season because people just have a reason to be up in Port Stanley in the off season as well too. So yeah, to think of vacation property, people think, oh, I'm just going to take a timeshare or something like that. There's other options out there and great services like Dean and, and Serenity Vacation Rentals that can help you out. Alfonso, if somebody wanted to rent out your cottages, where can they go? PortStanleyCottages.com. So yeah, PortStanleyCottages.com. Check it out. We have four on there. The calendar's on there. It's great. You can see the availability. There's interior pictures. 
so check it out. We, we, uh, it's, it's a little passion project for us. We want people to enjoy it as much as we do. So it's been real fun. And that's the cool part is, and even being introduced to Dean was by one of our podcast listeners, right? So they had reached out, they had made the connection and that's how we got connected with Dean. Now he's speaking on the stage. So that's why we want to hear from you. It's so important that we hear from you because we don't know everybody. It's impossible, but we know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. I think that's like a song. But yeah, we want to get introduced and exposed to the amazing people in our network. So reach out, review, contact us. Yeah. So without further ado, I think we should get to this podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's do it. All right. Welcome back, Right Club Nation. Today, Sarah and I are really lucky and fortunate to interview Dean Curtis from Serenity Vacation Rentals. Welcome to the podcast, Dean. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you back on a podcast. So you were on my Where Should I Invest podcast and we wanted to have you back because you're also going to be speaking on vacation rentals and short term in May. So really, really excited to ask you some questions and also have you speak on our stage very soon. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Can't wait. Absolutely. And with hopefully, you know, with the longer days now, the time change and the weather hopefully breaking, this is going to be manifesting nicer weather since we're talking about vacation rentals today, right? So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. Well, we were talking a little bit before the podcast about how much the rentals are affected by the weather outside of Toronto, because that's the bulk of our, our guests. You have a sunny day and the phone's ringing off the hook for, for cottage rentals. And you have a lot of snowfall in Toronto. And even though there's a lot of snow in cottage country, that's when the phone starts to light up for the winter getaways. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, It is very interesting for sure. So can we get a little bit of your background or how you got started in real estate investing and then how you got started with vacation rentals? Yeah, no problem. So just a quick summary. I, I started off, well, gosh, maybe 20 years ago now, just with straightforward rentals. I had a few detached homes in the city of Guelph. Uh, year-long leases and they went really well. I had a few bad tenants. I didn't really know what I was doing, kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. So I got out of doing that. Took about uh, 10 years off and my wife was after me to go and maybe get us a vacation home for us to, to relax in. And she said, well, we could rent it in the off time when we're not using it to offset the costs. And that's how we got the ball rolling there. I just started, we bought a cottage, started renting it out on the side and it was going amazingly well. We ended up getting a second one, partnered on two more after that. And then other people saw what we were doing and we, uh, we actually manage 11 total properties right now. So it's, it's been going great and uh, no looking back, love it. Wow, so where was that first cottage, Dean? So the first cottage was, it's just a little bit south and east of Perry Sound. Okay, Perry Sound. Yeah. And now, so now you, obviously you accumulated a couple more and you're managing other, other people's vacation or cottages as well too. So. What are some of the challenges that maybe you incur with, with the cottages or the vacation properties managing yourself and others now? Yeah. So from the managing standpoint, some of the, the challenges and difficulties are, of course, we're managing both the guests and the owners. So we're the in-between. We're the middle point. So if guests arrive and they're unhappy with something, we're doing what we can to mitigate their concerns to make sure we get any problems rectified right away. And from the other end of the spectrum, we're dealing with the owners. If there's any damages at all, if there's any problems at all, we've got to make sure that we make things right for the owners as well. And doing sometimes there's gray area in between, right? Like smaller damages, which may be wear and tear on the property, that sort of thing. Certainly if one dish gets broken, 
Is it worth charging the guest for one dish to be broken and lose their repeat and referrals, lose the good online review that they're going to leave for you? Well, I would argue that it's not. Now, if, if it's clear that a window was broken and a rock was thrown through the window, well, that's something entirely different, too. So that's kind of the interesting point is just being the middleman between those two and trying to mitigate both. Absolutely. And it's funny because, you know, now that I have a cottage and I'm, I'm doing it short-term Airbnb, I'm like, I want more. Like, the numbers are pretty cool and you can enjoy yeah. it at the same time. And Alfonso's got four, like in Port Stanley. The one yeah. I have is in Lakefield, Ontario. So like just north of Peterborough. Somebody that wants to get into this, like what are some of the, what, what do some of the numbers look like? So in order to cash flow or to, to make it a decent, good investment, like what do you suggest that they look for and, and what are some of the financials for that? Okay. So there's a lot, a lot of points to touch on there. Yes. So as far as financials, it really is night and day for me, depending on location. Like I just don't want to say you can buy a cottage anywhere and you're going to be cash flowing. No problem. There's, it depends on a lot of things. I like to have cottages that are close to the Toronto area within two, two and a half hour drive is best. But obviously the further away you get from the Toronto area, which is the bulk of the clients where they're coming from, the further away you get from the Toronto area, the lower your purchase price is, but also the lower the rents are that you can ask for. And probably the less frequent your rentals are going to be. People are, are trying to look in that ripples in the pond effect out from Toronto. So they start broadening their search as the prices start to lower and the travel distance starts to increase. But as far as numbers, it's hard to say. It's, it's certainly not unheard of to cash flow a hundred, uh, sorry, a thousand dollars per month on top of all your expenses, mortgages, utilities, cleaning, supplies everything and still having a thousand dollars a month left over but again there's a lot of variables in that so it, it depends on the size of the cottage who you're marketing to things like that yeah and maybe that's a good kind of question to go with is when you are determining if you do want a cottage i, I know most people do and like sarah we were out at her cottage last year and, and she mentioned the, the cottages out in port stanley i now love the idea i was a little bit nervous about it before because it's almost like you know like a little bit of a hotel you don't know who's staying how long staying so when you're going out and looking for this cottage, what are some of the key things, like you said, the, the vicinity for sure as well too, but are there certain amenities like a buy, buy amusement parks or I don't know, what are some of the other things to look for? Yeah, great question. So there's a lot of things that you want to look for. And we actually have a checklist when we're out looking for a property of things that we want to look for. So some of the things that are important to me is usually when people are coming to a cottage, it's because number one, to get away with the family, but sometimes it's for extended family to get together. So the larger, the larger space that you have, the more rent you can ask for. There's a shortage right now for cottages that will allow 12 to 20 people. Now, again, I don't want to buy a two or three bedroom cottage and put 20 people in. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a cottage with large space where large extended families to get, can get together even for like a small family reunion. So you can command pretty high rents if you have that kind of property. But most of our properties are between two and four bedrooms. We have a couple of five bedroom cottages, certainly large areas for family gatherings. So if it's got a large dining room with a large dining room table, or if it has a large living room area where the family can get together in front of the TV, or perhaps even a large rec room with the air hockey foosball table, just places for the family and the teenagers to, to gather and have fun. So that as far as like the size of the cottage, that's the sort of things that I'm looking for. I want to be on water. Yeah, I mean, again, certainly you can rent a cottage that's not on the water. No problem. 
but as far as the rents that you can ask for, it's a lot higher if it's on the water. You're going to rent it out more frequently. The size of the lake matters. It's not the end-all be-all. We certainly have a few cottages on small lakes that do really, really well. Larger lakes, you're going to be paying more in taxes, residential taxes. And some of the communities, their smaller lakes, they treat them as though they're not even on the water. So you can save a lot of money on your residential taxes. But yet, and it's appealing for your renters as well. Some people love to have the big lake where you can water ski, jet ski, do all of that. But there's a market for the families where I want a small lake where my small children can go out and swim. I can keep an eye on them. They're never going to get too far away. And I don't have to worry about the jet skier, water skier going around and running over my kids in the lake. So a nice peaceful lake, there's, there's certainly a market for that as well. An outdoor area for a nice bonfire, they want to have that outdoor experience. Again, marketing to the people from the city so that they experience things that they wouldn't normally be able to experience growing up in the city. So well, all those sorts of things are, are important to us when we're looking for a cottage. What about internet? Sarah, that's funny. The internet is huge right now. You would think that going away to the cottage, it's to detach from everything. But the thing is, a lot of people cannot relax and detach. Well, and myself included, if I'm going away on vacation, if I can't occasionally check in on my business, then I cannot relax. So they did a survey amongst with clients of cottage rentals, most important things that they need when they're going away on vacation. And, and they had things like drinkable water, internet, and Internet ranked higher than drinkable water for needs of guests when they're going away on vacation. Isn't that crazy? So, I mean, I guess they figure I can bring bottled water, but I got to have internet one night. So, it's huge. It's huge. The demands of guests are starting to increase. They definitely want to have all of the comforts of home, but be in a rural setting. Yeah, that's funny. You think, yeah, you want to unplug, you want to get away, but still got to be able to plug in and get on your smart device or your laptop or something to pull some work. So I know there's like a whole bunch of different platforms that people go and rent. Like it's Airbnb, even some Kijiji. I know we, we have the website that people go and just visit and we're able to do that. What do you recommend or what do you think works best and how do you manage the clients the, coming in, checking out and managing the scheduling of the clients? What do you recommend? Yeah, so there's a lot of different platforms out there. The bulk of our, about 50% of our inquiries and our bookings come through organically through our website, through our search engine optimization. Then we would have probably 25% coming in through Airbnb. And then the remaining 25%, I would say, would be all of the alternative platforms. So you've got VRBO, you've got Expedia, you've got Flipkeep, used to be Flipkeep. Gosh, I can't think of the company that bought them out. But anyhow, there's a lot of, and there's always new platforms coming out too. So we're constantly testing the different platforms. A lot of times when these advertising platforms come out, they'll let you list for free. So I mean, for us to list for free, that's great because they want to get their foot in the door in the market. So they want to get listings. They'll let you list for free. Once they get so many listings, they start to get so much traffic. That's when they'll start to introduce some of their fees and everything. So we're constantly testing some of these different advertising platforms. If they're working out, that's, and it depends on the cost too. That's something you have to look into. When you're looking to list, are they charging you an upfront fee to list your property or are they charging a commission on every rental? So it depends what you're looking for. Maybe you're happy to pay the upfront fee. And if I can get 10, 50, 100 bookings through that site, it's worth the upfront fee. But if they're charging a commission on every rental, then as long as you're still getting the rental charge that you want to have, 
and then the customer is actually charged the additional amount. So that's a good thing to mention too for anyone that's looking to book a vacation rental. Try to have a look, see if you can find them independently outside of the advertising platform. You find a great cottage that you really love on Airbnb, Sarah Larby's cottage. And, and then if you can actually do an online search, if I can find Sarah Larby's cottage independently away from Airbnb, maybe I'll get a better deal because maybe she's got her lowest price on her own, on her own site. Yeah, and just to add to that really quick, we find a lot of success on our own website. We do a lot of advertising and marketing get people to go to that website. So that's where yeah. we see a lot of success. Go ahead, Sarah. Yeah. I was going to say, so there are still some pros and cons, right? So, I mean, one of the things I do like about Airbnb is that million-dollar liability insurance or that insurance that they offer. So yeah, how would that differ if they come and book directly to your website? Right. So booking directly with what, first of all, I recommend for everyone that you want to have good commercial insurance on your property. So yes, Airbnb has that $1 million coverage. If you're insured properly though, then you're going to be covered anyway. Airbnb, as you've, you've probably experienced, their website is designed to keep and maintain those clients on Airbnb. So as soon as they book with you through Airbnb and we, and listen, we take bookings through Airbnb as well. But I'll tell you some of the things we do to try and draw those clients away from Airbnb. But Airbnb has their platform set up that they're going to keep those clients. They don't want you going to Sarah Larby's independent site and booking through you directly next, next time. They want to keep you there. So they do things like hiding their email address, hiding their contact information until the booking actually takes place and they get their commission. So what we do is we will accept the booking. We, you can have automatic booking through Airbnb or you can have that the manager actually has to approve the booking first. So we actually have our setting so that we actually have to approve the booking first. So I'll ask some questions of the guests before they can actually book their ages, how many are in the group, that sort of thing. Now, after I have the booking, we do get to see the email address and exchange information. So then from there on, I can do what I can to nurture them and bring them away from the Airbnb site for the next booking. I let them know that the best value is by booking directly with us because of Airbnb has their fees. Plus we have they, the owner who's listing takes a little, they take a commission off of that as well. So we have to increase the price on our end so that the owners get the price per week that they want to have. So by letting those guests know with the follow-up emails that by booking through us directly, make sure you book through our website. We're seeing a lot of repeat and referrals from people that we originally got through Airbnb and the other plat platforms, but we keep them coming back to us for their future rentals after that. Yeah, and that makes sense. You want them on your contact list. If they're obviously renting it once, there's a better chance that they rent it again. And that second time going directly to you, if you can avoid those fees, yeah, it's more beneficial for you. And so. referrals too as well. I mean, your family or your friend asks you, hey, you know, where did you go last year when I'm looking to book a nice cottage? And you get those referrals directly to your site. So Dean, if let's just say I wanted to offer you my cottage to manage and to list. Like how does your offering and your program work? Yeah. So you certainly have the choice of managing and looking at looking after it yourself or having someone manage it for you. So the fees and commissions are usually anywhere between 13 and 30% for, for management services. That seems a lot higher than having someone manage your straightforward rental, but you have to keep in mind straightforward rental. They rent it out for a one-year lease. A lot of times there's no problems through the one year and after the year, maybe they're renting it out to somebody else or maybe they're renewing the lease. With the vacation rentals manager, there's a lot more income coming in. There's a lot more, instead of us changing out the, the home once a year, we're changing once a week or once every three days. So there's a lot more that your manager is handling 
dealing back and forth between the owners and the guests every stay after every single stay. So number one, you want to look into what the management, the commissions are from the management company. Number two, you want to check and find out what is offered for that commission. Are they just take, are they screening the guests? Are they doing all the advertising? Are the photos of your cottage included? Are they not included? A lot of the management companies do not include the cleaning and the handyman services and all, all that sort of thing. So you just want to find out for sure what's involved with that and what kind of things that they offer. But yeah, so basically the management, that just takes a lot of the worries of the owner as far as the screening the guests, making sure that you have good guests. And with the, like I said, the needs of the guests are increasing every single year. So we're, we're receiving phone calls. How does the microwave work? I've had a call at one in the morning because the key box was frozen and they couldn't get the key out to get into the cottage. You don't want to have to deal with that sort of thing. Then you're going to want a rental manager to deal with that. And then if you don't want to be the bad guy going after security deposits and that sort of thing, then that's what you, that's what your management company is for. Yeah. And you mentioned the key box and what we recently did at uh, the places in Port Stanley is we kind of automated and had like the keypad for, yeah. for all the, for all the doors. And we found that works really great because there is no, I lost the key because there's a beach just down the street. There's a few times where they bring it out there and the keys lost in the sand and we have somebody has to go out there and give them a backup key. So besides like, yeah, like that keypad, that was just a little thing that we stumbled upon because we had it multiple times. Yeah. What are some things that cottage owners or yourself as a property manager can put in the property to make it ease of management or, or add to the maintenance of it? Right? Yeah. So, so great question. So what, getting back to the key box thing quick, I would recommend too that you would still always have a backup key box located somewhere because we do have a keypad entry on a couple of our cottages, but we, in the wintertime, sometimes the door shifts a little bit, the keypad entry, the mechanism isn't strong enough on the battery power, or you should be, it's important that you're changing all of your batteries every six months anyway. Your remote control batteries, your smoke detector batteries, door entry, if there's batteries in the locking mechanism, you want to change those every six months because you don't want to guess there, get a phone call, like I said, nine o'clock at night, the remote for the TV is not working or the smoke detector is beeping every few seconds because of a low battery. So number one, you want to make sure you do that. But if you've got a backup lockbox somewhere property, you don't give them that info until you get the phone call, hey, I can't get in. So that's a lockbox that nobody knows about, but it's just so that you don't have to pay a handman or a cleaner to run over there to get them into the property. But as far as tools that we use or other things that we can use to look after the cottage remotely, so we've got net thermostats in the cottages, which I can make sure the heat is, the cottage is warmed up for their arrival during the winter time. And as soon as they're heading out the door, then I'm cooling that cottage back down again. We have nest smoke detectors. I have, I've actually just installed nest cameras at the cottages. Now, with that said, the nest cameras are certainly not inside the cottage. They're only exterior and they're showing the entrance to the cottage. The guests are all warned about the camera before they arrive because theft is a real problem in cottage country between rentals. Somebody might come in and steal things. So there's nothing wrong with letting the guests know that, hey, we have an exterior camera. This is where it's located. It's just for preventing theft. But it's also a great tool if all of a sudden the cleaner arrives and says, your cottage is only supposed to take eight people. And I just saw 13 people walk out of the cottage. 
well, then you can go back and check the footage. The guests are all warned and they sign a rental agreement that they will not exceed the maximum occupancy that you have set to your cottage. So that's something important that you can use as well. But those are some of the things that we use. And you mentioned the keyless entry. Those, it's so great mating the cottages now and uh, you can just have everything ready for when they arrive and start to shut everything down when they leave. Something, Alfonso, I want to add to that is, so I just came from the vacation rental conference. There's one that's held uh, yearly. And they said one of the big things that they're looking forward to in the next few years is the virtual concierge is what they're calling it. So basically with all the Google Home and Alexa and all that sort of thing, one of the pushes are to have those available at the cottages and installed in the cottage. So now when the guests and, they, and they're looking into the future where guests can actually bring their profile with them. So Alfonso, maybe you've got a favorite playlist that you like to have at home. This is the music I like to listen to when I wake up in the morning. I love having the weather. They want to get to the point where you can show up another, another property. And, and again, I'm not a tech guy, but maybe you enter some sort of a password or you let them know that now Alfonso is at this property. Your profile is now there. And that Alexa, that Google Home, that will know to, that this is your playlist. I'm going to start to play this music for you. I'm going to let you know the weather outside when you wake up at the cottage. And then the guests at the cottage can ask, hey, Alexa, where's the closest restaurant or where's the closest nature trail for us to go for a walk? So this, this is, these are some of the things that they're looking forward to in the future for cottage rentals. It's amazing. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned all those little tips just because it makes it a lot easier to be, so the remote piece is huge. I mean, even yeah. for me, like I can set the temperature remotely, like you mentioned, there's a yeah. camera that just does the entrance that they're aware of, but also I can set the alarm on and off so that if somebody does break in, it actually will call the, the police department right away. So uh -huh. it's really a, a peace of mind. Now, I did want to ask you, like you were talking about amenities and that kind of stuff. Let's just say we have a boat. Because I, I get this question asked quite a bit. Actually, you know, there's a few questions I want to ask you before we wrap up. But let's just say somebody has a boat and and they want to add it to the rental or they want to rent that out with it. Like, what are some? Not a canoe, but yeah. about that's different. But like a little motorboat. What are the pros and cons of adding that in? Well, liability is pretty well everything, right? So first of all, as far as watercraft, I always recommend to the owners to have at least a couple of different options there for the guests. Nothing motorized, but I, I suggest you want to at least have a canoe and a kayak or maybe a pedal boat and a rowboat. Have at least two of those there just so that the guests have a little bit of options when they're there. Now, as far as power boats, every insurer that I have spoken with, the insurance goes through the roof for offering some sort of a boat. And then there's also not just the insurance, there's the other logistics of now are you having a handyman show up after every rental to check on the boat to make sure it's okay? Or is that an additional chore you're going to add to your cleaner, which they may not be happy about? So we have found, and I'm not saying don't do it. I, I certainly know of cottage owners that, that are doing it and they're making a lot of money. There's a lot of money to be made on that. You buy a $5,000 used boat and maybe you can rent it out for $1,000 a week. And I have an owner who does that. Rents it out for $1,000 a week. They bought the boat for $5,000. Paid for itself in one summer. But there's a lot of extra concerns. Looking, having somebody check on it every time, looking for damages. And the insurance usually, for me, is a little higher than, than what I would like. So that would be my only caution is look into those things first before doing that. For sure. So, yeah. And you mentioned that too, right? And I think... A lot of people that don't have those vacation properties, I know at first when, when we were first looking at the cottage, I was always nervous and worried about like just, again, this the turnover, new people coming every week. You can do so much screening for sure. But outside of like the Airbnb world, what kind of things do you look at or do you pre-screen 
the people that are renting, right? I know like yeah. there's different ratings and rankings on the Airbnb where if they've stayed before, but if yeah. it's just a, an organic lead from a website, what are some things that you're asking these people that are renting the place so that you know that it's in good hands when it's rented to them? Yeah. So for us, for again, for our organization, so an adult group needs to be 24 years of age or older. So that's what I'm looking for. If certainly if it's a family group, then things change. If I've got two people that are 40 and two people that are kids, that's different. But when I'm talking an all adult group, they've got to be at least 24 years of age or older. Maximum occupancy is huge right now. And especially with possible legislation and regulation of short-term rentals, that's something to be concerned about. You want to make sure that you're maintaining relationships with neighbors. So we strictly enforce the maximum occupancy. So we, when we have them fill out our rental agreement, there's a section on the rental agreement where they have to identify every single person that will be at the cottage. And so we, on that, we have name, age, and they fill that out. If they have more than the maximum allowed occupancy, we have very stiff penalties and fines. We let them know that they can be asked to leave the property immediately with absolutely zero refund. And their security deposit is then used as a charge towards the septic tank usage or something. I can't think of the exact word, wording, but they basically would lose their security deposit and their rental. So we're very strict on that. But yeah, basically that's as far as the screening, at some point it still does become a leap of faith. We make sure that the person filling out the agreement that we do have a copy of their driver's license before they book the property. And as long as everyone in the group is 24 years of age or older, and I've made exceptions, everyone is 29 and there's one person that's 23, then that's okay. Now, when we first started out, when I first started out, before I was a management company with my first cottage, if they had the money, I was renting it out to them. Well, I've learned a lot in that time. And don't get me wrong, there's groups of 19-year-olds that will come and take care of the property and, and leave it beautiful when they leave. But the risk increases, the younger the group, the risk increases. And now that I'm looking after other people's properties, I have to be a little more discerning about who I'm going to rent the property out to. And, and so even though there might be an amazing young group that would, would take the best care of your place, unfortunately, the odds are that there's more chance for damage with younger groups. Absolutely. Great advice. Okay. So I have a couple other questions because these actually came up. So after you were on my podcast, actually within even the last couple of weeks. So I've had these questions. So I had somebody that says, well, I want to buy this cottage. It's like 150 grand. It's on leased land. Why is that a bad idea or a good idea? And then the other one was this cottage is a three season. Is this good or bad? So can we talk about those two cases? Okay. So Lease land, I don't have a lot of experience with that. I've always strayed away from it just because it worries me. And I don't know if there's any justification in my worry. I know there's a lot of people that have cottages on lease land and, they, and it's been no problem at all. But and they can rent it out though? Because I thought there was some kind of laws with the city or something along those lines. So I don't know if there's any relation to leased land and laws and bylaws. So, but what I will say is in general, whenever you're going to buy a cottage anywhere is you definitely want to check with the township on any regulations or restrictions on cottage rentals. I'm a huge fan of cottage rentals and vacation rentals. However, that doesn't mean I would just buy anywhere. You wanna make sure that, that uh, short-term rentals are okay in the township, they're allowed, and even if it's a permitting system or uh, there's some sort of a regulation, that's fine. I'm okay if there's a reasonable fee for me to be able to rent out my property. But uh, definitely, number one, you want to check that. So that was the lease land thing. What was the oh, three yeah. season cottage you're asking about? So we have uh, one of the cottage under cottages under management is a three season cottage. 
I think uh, three season cottages are great. They're certainly fine for rental. You just gotta weigh that in with your expenses and your income. Now, the winter time is certainly not bringing in as much money as your summer rentals are. That's where the bulk of your money is coming in. But you still, you, you still do get some significant rentals during the winter time. Christmas time, New Year's Eve are both very popular times. Family day weekend, you have the March break. There's lots of snowmobilers, ice fisher, ice uh, fishing people. You've got uh, snowshoers, cross-country skiers. So family get-togethers during the wintertime are still very popular. So that's just something to consider. When you're looking at a three-season cottage, you're going to get your, the bulk of your money during the summertime. But during the winter, you're still making mortgage payments. You're still making some of those bill payments, and you're going to have zero money coming in. Hey, Right Club Nation, we wanted to take a moment to pause the podcast for a second and introduce you to our amazing sponsor, Danielle Chason, founder of Strategic Success Consulting. Danielle has been a longtime supporter and member of the Right Club, and she's also spoken on our stage many times before. Danielle is an expert real estate investor and has successfully completed many rehab projects, burrs, buy and holds, legal secondary suites and several joint venture partnerships. She has also raised millions in private funds. Absolutely. And she's also a passionate educator and she's hosting some upcoming workshops that you will not want to miss. So at her upcoming workshop called Reverse Engineering Real Estate, she's going to dial into the right investment strategy for you based on your current situation, your personal goals, and your resources that you have available. She's going to give you the tools you need to start investing immediately after completing the workshop. To get more information about Danielle and their upcoming workshops, please make sure to visit events.strategicsuccessconsulting.com. Again, that's events.strategicsuccessconsulting.com. You won't be disappointed. Danielle is a wealth of knowledge and loves to share her expertise. Thank you, Danielle, for being an awesome supporter of The Right Club and sponsoring our podcasts. Now back to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, and before we get into another topic, though, the only other thing I would say with the three season, why I specifically need a four season for myself, is it's a difference between putting a 20% down payment or potentially a 35% down payment. So some banks won't even touch a three season. So some banks, aka also like just different lenders, but your terms financing wise are, and I'm not a mortgage broker, but I've worked that with Dahlia and it would have cost me a ton more between my 20% versus my 30% down. That's a good point. And I should, I should mention the one three season that we have, I call it a three season. It's actually a four season cottage, but because the road going into the cottage is a little bit better than a goat trail, they have to shut it down during the winter time because they just can't maintain the road. So that's an excellent point, Sarah. A lot of, a lot of the banks won't even finance a three season cottage. So that, that would be something you need to check into, but financing in, in this case wasn't an issue because it essentially was a four season cottage that they only keep open for three seasons. So the next question I have is more of a hypothetical and I personally don't know anybody that this has happened to and I'm sure this is a solution if it does. But you know, people that are thinking about potentially a vacation cottage and or even like where there's more and more it's getting popular, Airbnb rentals, even within cities, things yeah. like that. And they say, Well, what if they stay past their three days or seven days or 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 they're there? Like what what are the consequences or what are what are some of the things that you can do to avoid that or how you would rep or repair that if it did happen? Yeah. Well, all I can tell you, Alfonso, is in six years, and we've had like thousands of rentals across our properties. I have never once that happened, had that happen. I've had, I've had one set of guests show up a day early, 
they lost, they, they got their dates mixed up. And, and I felt so bad because they showed up. The cleaner hadn't been there, but they didn't complain. I didn't hear any work. They just walked in and looked after the place. And, but yeah, the, the cleaner showed up the next day and they were already there enjoying their, their stay. So, but as far as staying too long, I certainly I've had people they're supposed to check out by 11 a.m. The cleaner shows up and, and they're dragging their butts trying to get out by 12. So that, that happens. But I've never had someone say, hey, I'm setting up shop here and I'm not leaving. So as, as far as how I would handle it, and I hope it never happens, I would. I always have contact people in the area of the cottages. So I, every cottage, I have a cleaning person and a handyman, something like that. I would probably call call the handyman to go over and say, hey, you know, it's time to go. Ask them to leave. But I, I would never want them to get anything physical. Just let them know, can you leave? And then failing that, I would be on the phone with the police. And mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope I never have to come across it, but I'm not a lawyer. I, I'd have to try and figure that out, I guess, if it happened. Right, right. So so question, because one of the things I worry about, and maybe this is like just me like overly being worried, and I don't know if you have the answer to this, but I don't want 28 days or more stays because in my opinion, after 28 days, they technically are considered long-term tenants. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I could be, they are, they are able to have the same rules and regulations as a a regular tenant with the residential tenancies act is that true or is that just like me overthinking everything well i don't know sarah you know what that's again another great scenario that i that i haven't really considered i would want to consult uh, your your legal professionals and everything to find out that for sure i have had someone who has rented for an entire summer and the thing is we set our weekly rate and and it's great if one tenant wants to come in and take all of those weeks during the summer but a lot of times, none of them work out because they expect you to give them some significant savings by coming and renting for the summer. Well, I would rather get my full amount of money and only rent by the week. So the only savings that we pass on to the guests are the savings of not having the cleaner come in every single week. So I pass that on to them. But we've, I had one person say, yeah, that's okay. I'll take the entire summer. And they were paying a full weekly rate for eight weeks. So that, that was fantastic. But again, I've never had the problem where at the end of the eight weeks that they just won't leave the property. But I guess, I guess what I should say, Sarah, is usually with this type of guest, it's not really something you have to worry about. I'm not renting to a B or a C class neighborhood, full-time professional tenant. If someone has the money to give you a lot of these cottages can rent for anywhere between $1,800 a week up to, depending on the size of the cottage, up to five, six, seven thousand $7,000 a week. So if that person has the money to give you eight weeks, or as you said, over 28 days worth of rent, they're probably giving you between twelve dollars and $15,000 up front to come and stay at your property. They're probably not that type of person that's going to want to stay and squat at your cottage. Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah, that's a great point. And and you know, I just bring those things up because a lot of people that have those fears or or are not sure, it's just because they don't have that experience. And that's why we're so fortunate interviewing amazing people like yourself that have that experience in that area that can alleviate those fears to say in the six years these are the things that happen. So thanks yeah. for shedding some light on that. And I wanted to ask, are you now ready for our lightning round? Yeah, help me bring it on. All right, so we do this lightning round every podcast. We ask uh, all of our guests the same question, so you may or may not have heard the questions, but all right, Sarah, go ahead and take it away. It's now time for the lightning round. 
This week's lightning round is brought to you by Daniel St. John. Do you think using other people's money is a strategy for other people? Not you? At Safe and Sound Real Estate Investment Group, Daniel's been teaching people just like you how to use other people's money for almost 10 years. To find out more, go to www.sasrig.com. That's www.sasreig.com. And download your free copy of the special report, Arms Length RSP Mortgages, Canada's Best Cap Investment Secret. You'll be amazed at how you can leverage other people's money to help you finance as many real estate deals as you want. So Dean, question number one, what is the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Well, I'm going to go to a quote that I've heard, and I love this quote, and I know you two are aware of it, but that you are the average or the sum of the five people that you hang around with the most. So I am a huge advocate for these real estate meetup groups. We have one here in the Guelph area, but I go around to as many of them as I can. I want to surround myself with people that, that I can look up to, that I can learn from. And just by osmosis, just by me being around those people, I think it, it brings you to a different level. If you don't have a property at all, you want to hang around with people that have two or three properties. If you've got a hundred properties, I want you hanging out with people that have 500 properties, like just whoever you need to be around to bring yourself to that next level. Absolutely. Alfonso, that means you got to start hanging out with people with 500 plus properties because you got a hundred. <laughs> oh yeah. We, yeah. We, that's true. That, no, and that's great. And obviously, yeah, we, you, you hit it right on the head. That's what we live by. That's the right club is, is getting out there and meeting those people and whether it's five or 10, but those people that you're, you're spending the bulk of your time with, that's what you're going to achieve, right? So Absolutely. All right. So question number two, what is your favorite real estate investing resource? Okay. So I know you're looking for specific, but I would say podcasts and books, anything you could absorb and take in. For me, specific to vacation rentals, I'm going to say the Vacation Rental Success Podcast is a huge one. So if you're thinking at all about getting into vacation rentals, there's one run by a manager in Ontario who looks after cottage rentals. It's called the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. I think there's over 260 episodes right now, and it really helped me out when I was getting started. So I would say that would be one that you would want to check yeah. out. All right. Great tip. Question number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? I would say people tell me that I'm very driven, that I like almost OCD. I get that a lot. I, if I get something in my head, nothing can stop me. So that's, that's kind of once I open to the idea of buying and renting out a, a cottage, and once I tried it, then all of a sudden the blinders were on and I had to go up at 110%. So that, I think that's just, and just what I already mentioned, just wanting to learn, always learning. You never know everything. You know, like I, Sarah and Alfonso, you're doing this podcast, you're people that, I, that I've spoken to personally. And, I, and I'm sure you know, you feel the same way. You're always constantly learning. You have your own podcast, but I'm sure you're listening to podcasts. In fact, I know you are. I know you're part of the meetup groups. I know you're reading. And it just never stops. So a lifelong learner and just being determined that nothing's going to stop you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, yeah. and even like you, you mentioned, the, the networking group that you have in Guelph, and both Sarah and I have had the honor of speaking at your group and, and doing that kind of stuff and showing that light and helping other people. I, I do want to say, and I'll add it for you, but just your kindheartedness and both yourself and your wife, Jackie, as well, too, that's a really great attribute that, that you both have as well, too, that you want to share with other people as well. So thank uh, you very much. I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. So, all right. So here's the last question on the podcast for the lightning round. So you've been kind enough to share some of your time this morning. It's Sunday morning, but on a typical Sunday morning, what are you up to? What are you doing? 
not much different than this. I'm sitting in front of my computer working and it doesn't feel like work. I just love doing it. So, so I, anything I can do to improve the business, anything I can do to improve the experience for the guests, to improve the experience for the owners with the group. This is it. So I do like to go out and spend some time with the family. I find early in the morning though, my family enjoys sleeping in. So, so that's the best time for me to come out and get some work done. But yeah, that's it. Sunday morning, that's, that's pretty well what I'm doing. Awesome. So yeah. Dean, if anybody wanted to reach out or listeners wanted to know more about you, where can they go? Yeah. So, and, and I'll say if anybody has any questions at all on short-term rentals, on buying a cottage, shoot me an email, give me a call. I'm happy to help. Even if I'm not, you want to self-manage, no problem. I just love talking about it and I'm happy to help out anybody that I can. So they can certainly reach me through our website would probably be the best way. Serenityvacationrentals.ca. Don't forget the S on the end of rentals. Perfect. And listeners, again, Dean is going to be speaking at our our May 28th event. So make sure you get out there, meet him in person, talk to him and, and get that knowledge. Any last words of advice or anything that you want to share with our listeners? No, I think that's it. I just appreciate you guys having me on. I'm happy to talk about it. I, I enjoyed talking to you about it here and I really can't wait for the meeting to discuss it more and look forward to, forward to sharing more information at that time. Awesome. Absolutely. We're awesome. really looking forward to it. And you've given me so many great insights on my cottage rental. And if anybody has any questions or wants to know more, I mean, you're the guy. Like I think of like when somebody asks me Airbnb short-term cottage rentals, I'm like thinking of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to help. Happy to help. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. It was great to have you on. No problem. Okay. Take care guys. Thanks. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Wow, what an amazing interview. Like, what a cool concept of a business that you're managing people's vacation properties. Like, I love the fact that you can buy a cottage or a vacation rental and then make it passive as well. Like, it's like the full piece of it, right? So I know, Sarah, you got the cottage up there. What are some things that maybe that you took away that or you've implemented and learned from Dean? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that I do. And I had Dean originally on my podcast, Where Should I Invest? And he was talking about like even just the camera facing the driveway. He was talking about trying to get everything as remote as possible, which I, I have. And it was his great insight being able to turn down the thermostat from my phone being so far away, well, not so far away, I guess two hours away, being able to set the alarm, remove the alarm, depending on who was coming and having that keypad, like all of the things to make your life easier as an owner where you can still have a cottage and or two or three or however many, I mean, you have four, but not to have this high management intensive property, there's ways that you can automate it as well. And yes, it's more management than maybe a long-term rental, but it doesn't have to be hours and hours of your time. You can still do it with a full-time job. Yeah. And it doesn't like you have somebody like a professional like Dean that's taking care of it, looking out for you, giving you the tips and tricks, how to, where to expose it, what type of clients. When I thought about the cottage rentals, I just thought about when I was like a young, I guess, stupid kid that we'd go and party at all these cottages and maybe not leave them in the best shape and like beer cans everywhere. And that's what I was nervous about. But Dean really put some good parameters in place that like if it's, if it's an all adult group, then it has to be at least, I think he said 24 or older, or it's a lot of families that are coming there. Right. So you really tailor to the audience or to the target market that you want and, and he can help do that. And that's pretty cool. And even like the, the virtual concierge concept that he was talking about, that's going to be kind of building out with the Google home. It's like, Hey Google, where's this? Right. And I know I have the Google home at my house and I love using it for random things, but 
having all that at your fingertips where they're not calling you, they're, they're figuring out the answer that's already pre-built in there. Very, very cool stuff. So yeah, absolutely. You know, I've stayed at some Airbnbs when I went to LA as well, and they had some different like brochures. Oh my God. And you know, what's hilarious is that we said, okay, Google. And then I have an okay, Google right here. And it's like talking back. <laughs> oh no. Google's on the podcast with us. That's cool. Wow. <laughs> Google stop. <laughs> so I mean like clearly I should probably bring it to the cottage because I have an Alexa downstairs but yeah it's uh it is really awesome it's great to see and you know what Dean if you don't want to manage it or you're like worried about the bookings and stuff like that like he actually has like some really in comparison to a lot of the the fees that you see out there like he is on the definitely on the better end of things to make sure that like of course it's a business he has to run it as a business I was looking at like four or five different management companies and I would say like like his definitely is up there with like the top. That's awesome. And it's funny, you know, it's just anecdotally we were talking about, but like the different amenities that you have for your cottage and people rather have internet than drinking water, which is crazy to think, but we're in 2019 and that's the world we live in where our computers are talking to our computers and, and we just talk to Google on our podcast. <laughs> so important, yeah. right? So that you want to be disconnected. Because you can walk down to your lake at the end of the dock and be disconnected, but then you can still walk back up your stairs and get back into emails and, and, and do what you got to do. So it's kind of connected and disconnected at the same time, right? Yeah, it's important. And the way they look at it too is is Netflix is way cheaper than cable, but it needs the internet. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you can't Netflix if you don't have the internet, right? So you cannot. You um, cannot. Anyways, like he's ton, like he's got tons of insights. Like I would love to be able to even ask him so many more questions, and but we will be able to. We'll be able to hear more about it when he comes out in May, and we've also got a panel in May right after he speaks, which is going to be for a mortgage broker, an insurance agent, an accountant, and they're going to be able to give us the insights because managing these short-term rentals is going to be quite different than some long-term rentals. And there are some things that we need to be aware of. So we're going to have that panel as well in May, which I'm really excited about. Absolutely. And, and if you are interested and in, definitely check it out, get onto the website, please register. We've moved all the registration online now. We look forward to seeing you. If you have any questions for us, anything that you want to get, please, again, rate, review, Give us your feedback. We definitely want to hear that. We love getting that. And that means that we are connecting with you. If there's something you don't like that we're doing, I don't know. Let me know too. Let us know. But uh, we really love doing this. This podcast is for you guys. And yeah, we have a great time doing it. Absolutely. So my email, Sarah at the right club.com and then Alfonso at the right club.com. Guys, if you want to be on the podcast, just keep in mind, you have to be, you have to have attended at least one or two of our right club events and or be a speaker so you can still be a speaker if you haven't if you're booked as a speaker and i think we've like got pretty much like all our bookings till the end of the year which is really cool and yeah. uh, we've got some really exciting content different topics speakers but yeah i mean definitely we want to help you guys grow and be part of the community and i think the goal is for each of you to know who we have in our community and be able to approach one another and really create those bonds those and who knows maybe joint venture partnerships etc and a lot more that can come out of it so it is great to be able to share that with uh, with our right club nation absolutely and that's the one thing that i want to say about our group our club the right club nation is they are so generous people are willing and like willingly giving their experiences sharing their experiences trying to help other people if we can work together that shortens the cycle and we just get there quicker 
or we just get there in a, in a better fashion where we're not stressed out. Yeah, so that's a really cool part. So if you haven't been out to an event, definitely check it out. If it's your first event, definitely come as our guest. We'd love to have you there. But until next week, guys, enjoy. Happy investing and see you next week on the Right Club Podcast. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.